welcome back to Nerdy Reads, a classic podcast for my mother. She read to me when I was little, so now I'm returning the favour and you're welcome to listen along. It's Thursday and that means I'm reading something offbeat. Sundays are for classics, but whatever I'm reading, it's always great writing. I'm recording this on December 16, the eve of the ancient Roman festival of Saturnalia which is still celebrated by many today. This is the final episode of Season 1 Nudie Reads, Episode 96. But don't despair, Season 2 will fire up on January 16, 2022. I have put out podcasts twice a week each week all year long, and I am delighted to report that Mother approves. And don't take my word for it, here she is. Hello, darling. Everything's fine. I really enjoyed your podcast. La Morte d'Artour was wonderful, and we will need to discuss it whenever you have time, my darling. Take care. Bye for now. Happy mama, happy life. It's a good motto, and I stand by it. Tonight, I am in 18th century Scotland the 9th of June, 1724, to be precise. And I'm reading a short, prudish piece about Roman rudeness and about Saturnalia from the Caledonian Mercury, Scotland's oldest newspaper. What is Saturnalia? Well, it was an ancient Roman festival held every December 17 for about seven days. December is winter in the Northern Hemisphere, where Italy is located, A hard year of harvesting would be at a close, and the time would come to celebrate. But Saturnalia was a peculiar winter festival. You see, the point of Saturnalia was to relax social restrictions. It became okay to gamble in public, even for slaves. It was okay to wear violently coloured togas and tunics, when much more muted colours would be the norm. Slaves even got to wear their master's clothes and were waited on at meals. It was thought to be a precursor to Christmas celebrations starting on December 25, which began as a tradition in about the 5th century AD, I believe. But Christmas is not my focus for this episode. Here is how one Saturnalia was described in the time of the Emperor Domitian. 1st century AD. Who can sing of the spectacle, the unrestrained mirth, the banqueting, the unbought feast, the lavish streams of wine? Ah, now I faint, and drunken with thy liquor, drag myself at last to sleep. For how many years shall this festival abide? Never shall age destroy so holy a day. While the hills of Latium remain and Father Tiber, while thy Rome stands and the capital thou hast restored to the world, it shall continue. Seneca, that humorless Roman Stoic, didn't like Saturnalia at all. He wrote in one of his interminable letters, quote, The whole mob has let itself go in pleasures. End quote. Oh yes, there were Karens even back in ancient Rome. But I think you get the gist. Saturnalia was a peculiar festival about turning things on their head, flipping the script, taking some chances. It was about the right to be a bit rude. 
the liberty to be a bit rude. Now, rudeness was something the ancient Romans dearly loved, but not the 18th century Scots. I'm not suggesting they were prudish. I'm just suggesting that in 1724, Thomas Ruddiman of Edinburgh was far too polite. He had something to say about satire, rudeness, and Saturnalia, and he set his thoughts down in his paper. Now it will pay to know a little bit of Roman history before I read. Julius Caesar conquered the Gauls, but before returning to Rome thoroughly triumphant, he spent a bit of time in the kingdom of Bithynia, whose king at the time was Nicomedes. Got it? Good. Let's begin. Having lately dipped into the satirical writings of the ancients, it put me upon inquiry into the rise and invention of that sort of writings, and of examining who they were that were most famous for it. Fancying a little dissertation upon this subject will not be disagreeable to our readers, we shall communicate what we have met with upon this subject, as the entertainment of this day. Amongst the Romans, their first songs and verses were of the nature that is invective. It was their custom to ridicule and expose the vices of their great men upon the stage, and to distinguish them by name. The ancients were of opinion that this liberty would be more effectual towards keeping great men in awe than making laws against their irregularities. There was no check put to this license till the time of the decemvirate. These ten tyrants who were subverting the liberties of their country as fast as they could began by making a law against satirical writings. They caused it to be registered in the twelve tables of Roman law, thinking they might go on free from reprehension. But their tyranny lasted not long, and their end was such as they deserved. The commonwealth was restored, and the liberty of writing was the same as before. At the feast called Saturnalia, even slaves were allowed to reprimand their own masters for all the enormities of their lives, and it may be supposed that none could be so intimate with their vices as their own domestics. The Fesconine verses were of the same nature. They were so called from Fesconina, a town in Italy, where the actors first practiced the custom of reproaching one another, as well as the persons who made up the audience, of their vices and failings. The sarcasms and railleries that were thrown at the Roman generals in their triumphs were also called Fesconine, from the aforesaid custom. There was not a vice of their whole lives but what they expected to have thrown in their teeth upon the occasion. We find that the mighty Julius Caesar, when he triumphed over the Gauls, heard himself insulted by the soldiers and citizens by such sayings as these. Caesar Gallius subjecit Nicomedes Caesarem and Ece. Caesar nunc triumphat, qui subjecit Gallias, Nicomedes non triumphat, qui subjecit Caesarem. And Caesar Bithynia Regina. 
I shall not give the explanation of these sentences, because the crime here charged upon Caesar is of immodest nature. Let it suffice that his intimacy with Nicomedes has sullied his glory to this day. And that's where we'll leave it tonight. And for season one, but not without translating for you all just what was being said about Julius Caesar, that Thomas Ruddiman, the 18th century Scottish gentleman, was too squeamish to translate. We 21st century types can take it. We're much more aligned to a Saturnalian sensibility, I think. Despite our many hang-ups and all the Karens, we are mostly much more relaxed and forgiving than in the past. So, to translate, Caesar Gallius subjecit Nicomedes Caesarem. Caesar subdued the Gauls, and Nicomedes, Caesar. <laughs> Ecce, Caesar non triumphat qui subjecit Gallius. Nicomedes non triumphat qui subjecit Caesar. Behold, Caesar now triumphs who subdued Gaul, and Nicomedes does not triumph who subdued Caesar. Caesar, Bithynia Regina. <laughs> Julius Caesar, the Queen of Bithynia. I don't care what Julius Caesar and Nicomedes got up to in Bithynia, but I think it a great indicator of the health of the body politic that we can ridicule our leaders. And I think over the course of 2021, rather a lot of our leaders have not exactly covered themselves in glory, so a little ridicule seems to me to be in order. Okay, 2022, here we come. I plan to enjoy my four weeks off, and I hope you all have a safe and happy Saturnalia and Christmas and New Year period. Thank you to all the subscribers, to all the listeners, to all the wonderful folks who have left written reviews. Do keep sharing nudie reads with your friends and family who love great writing and the words of the past. Until next time, take care. It's slippery out there. And thanks for listening to Nudie Reads. Thank you.